0: Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a fresh perspective on AFL Fantasy Classic brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. On this episode, we check out all the biggest news heading into round 18, touch on a dozen more players making waves this week, and Louis looks at some unique stats that'll get you thinking on the Pod Pod. Pod. Welcome to the Pod Pod. I'm Doss here with Louie. I'm looking forward to some of those uh, thinking stats later on, Lou dog.
1: Yeah, Dossie, me as well. So um, a couple of relevant players in there. So uh,
0: everyone listening, uh, open your ears. Absolutely. Uh, How are you, mate? By the way, uh, we are recording once more just apart um, on the tail end of a cold, but we should be back to normal, I'd say by next week. But how's things in uh, Lou's world? Yeah,
1: not too bad, mate. I'll tell you what, it's been a pretty stressful fantasy weekend uh, if you've been following me on Twitter, but uh, I seem to have recovered. I've had a, I've had a stroke of luck and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later, Dossie, but uh, what about y-
0: yourself? How was your weekend, mate? Well, I was just saying, you know, I, sh- I think our weekend is can be separated into two facets in just in terms of AFL because there was the AFL in general as fans of our footy teams that we are and then there was the fantasy side of things which once again was just disappointing for me, Lou Dog. I'll just put that up at the top. But both our teams, I reckon, were pretty stanky this week. Just on a personal note, on the AFL front, your your beloved Port Adelaide power. Um, I saw Hef as well, who's a massive um, Port fan of the Cape League pod. He's, he's back on the sack Hinkley train. Um, but you guys losing to another top eight team, that was the start of the round this week. And then it ended with my Wiggles just dishing up an absolutely disgusting, disgusting display at the end of the round against North Um, and mind you as well which we'll talk about in a minute I had a player in that game that I wasn't too happy about either so just on all fronts I started the round with Dan Houston which was gross and I ended it on my second uh, failed it which I'll talk about in a second but so fantasy footy wise no good AFL wise no good mate Uh, just a pretty average weekend from me.
1: Yeah, it's always flat, especially on a Thursday night when your team goes down. And I can imagine on the Monday night, it's a little bit the same because it's almost like it's a fresh week. It's uh, it's still pretty raw on the mind, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, so my score was uh, twenty sixty one this week, which is not good. Uh, how'd you go, Louis? Uh, I scored 2,190, so I reckon that fell
1: around about par, and that sort of reflected in my rankings. So, I went from
0: 350 last week up to 343. Very nice, yeah. I dipped down in the rankings, as you'd imagine, down about 500 spots. So, outside 12,000, but I will touch on... Something I did do this week in fantasy, despite you know being a bit upset with my fantasy weekend, I had fun with my trades, and I've really lent into that. Um, this is where I'm going now from now on, just having a bit of fun with my trades. And I don't know, I, I did, I did somehow enjoy the weekend uh, bringing in Chrissy Maine. Unfortunately, he got injured, but gee, it was it was actually you know he's actually not a bad player, old Chrissy Maine. I was watching him closely, and as an owner now, as a very very proud owner of Chrissy Maine. Gee, he moves all right out there. Well, I'm glad you finally
1: backed yourself, Dossie. It's probably about eight (laughs) weeks too late now. And unfortunately, uh, I'm not too sure what that injury looks like, whether or not he's going to miss a couple of weeks. But
0: um, it's pretty poor timing by you and a bit of a reflection on the uh, Dossie curse. Yeah, we'll touch on the Dusty Curse in a minute because it was it did return in full vogue. But my nailed it. Let's start positive. Braden Fiorini for me. Talk about my fun trades. Brought him in last uh, the week before last and I've had his two nice scores. He's turned up in both of his games for me. Got 113 on the weekend as well. Um, Hugh Greenwood probably going down early did help his chances of midtime, But he got 113. I'll have to check the stats, but... He was, get, he was on a 50% time on ground for much of that game. I think he might have finished in the 60s. But I'll hear, while I look that up, Lou Dog, I'll, I'll hear your uh, nailed it for this week.
1: Uh, my nailed it for this week, Dossie. I've got to give it to Taylor Adams. So I brought him in this week on debut and uh, was able to dish me up a 131 off the back of uh, 116 and 109 the weeks previous. So uh, continued that form and hopefully uh, can continue from here on.
0: Yeah, you've nailed another trade there, mate. So, fair round, 113 in 70% time on ground. You've got to love that. Um, Failed it, uh, negative time, Lou. Who failed it for you this week? Oh, look, I'm going to give it to two blokes because they actually scored the same
1: score of 66. (laughs) So uh, I'll give it Uh. to both of them. And that's Hunter and Dusty. And and they get it this week because it's just so disappointing for two players that we actually know are very, very good at not just football, but fantasy football. And for them to be dishing up what they have been in the last couple of weeks, you know. We, we bought these guys underpriced at 600k and they've hardly moved. So, uh, it's hard to feel seriously burnt because it hasn't gone the other way. But at the same time, we expected an upside and it's not coming at the moment. So, uh, that's why a lot of coaches are starting to look to move these guys on over the next few
0: weeks. Yeah, devastating stuff. Um, Hunter and Dusty, it's just hard to, yeah, you just think they've got to bounce back. They've got to bounce back. I mean, it's almost like, it's not as bad as the Tom Phillips conundrum because that's just been next level. But if these guys enter that territory, they better bloody turn it around because that's, I can't deal with another Phillips situation again this year, Louis. It's been too painful. Yeah. I just want to touch on the Dossie curse. In my failed, it. It, it's back. It, it's back, Louis. Um, I brought in my two trades this week. Was bringing in Elliot Yo and Chris Mayne. Both guys managed to play out the games, but did get injured. It sounds like Yo rolled his ankle a couple of times. I don't even know what happened to Chris Mayne. I haven't. I haven't seen anything about that yet. But he was. He certainly was injured. Came to the bench and sat off for the last quarter for fifteen odd minutes. Still managed an eighty-four. At least did Chris Mayne. But these are my uniques this week, Louis. The Dossie curse bringing in these guys chris main injured elliot yo injured kyle langford up forward as well he looks to be injured as well and these guys are all my unique oh, you've got all pod, three. Pod, pods and, I've and got you, brought all three. In, you brought in yo and main this week the same way this week oh no the dossie curse it's back it's back wow. um let's let's move on mate it's time for some hot topics And I tell you what, Louis, there's plenty of hot topics this week in the fantasy footy world. We've got plenty to touch on in this segment here. But the first off the ranks we need to talk about here, it's it's your story on the weekend and... (laughs) This, this, we could have led the show with this, but I just wanted to tease a little bit because this is absolutely amazing. This story about, unfortunately, the injury that we've had, the concussion injury this week to Lockie Whitfield. Take it away.
1: Oh, Dossie, look, this story is just unbelievable. And um, there's not much to it in terms <laughs> of how it happened, but just how it unfolded later on was. Um, Look, it was terrible, but at the same time, it was pretty bloody hilarious. And um, the absolute scenes unfolding in the group chat as we all sort of, we all happened to be watching the game live. So it was just unreal at the time. So uh, anyway, the mistake that happened was I was just umming and ahhing about trying to get a um, ceiling score out of my captain. and. More, more weeks than most. And I pretty much always give this advice is I'll take a 110 as my VC. And, and I, I had Merit, yeah. who was 115. And for whatever reason, I was a bit spooked by that. I didn't have Grundy, so I didn't really have um, anybody to fall back on. So I thought, you know, should I chase ceiling? All right, maybe not. So um, I flicked it back on the uh, <laughs> website. So I decided to take Zach Merritt's VC score, flicked it back, looped Briggs, and then opened up my app about a minute after the game had locked out. And because oh, no. it had been open previously, so I was basically on fantasy on two different sort of platforms. Oh uh, um, yeah. Yeah. It actually reverted back to what I had on the app. So the app actually had Whitfield uh, on the bench and looping with Bianco. And yeah, so look, there's not much to it, but that, was, that had me feeling pretty bloody flat. And look, I'm, I'm ashamed <laughs> to say this, Dossie, but when I realized I actually started shaking, I, I, I got cold <laughs> and shaking. And I wanted to crawl up in a little corner and start crying. I I just, I almost called you, Dos. I really just needed someone to speak to in that moment. It, <laughs> yeah. was, it was so devastating. But um, as it unfolded, uh, live scenes, Lockie Whitfield starts off with a minus three. And then, you know, sort of 10 minutes later, he hasn't touched the ball. 20 minutes later, he hasn't touched the ball and quarter time he still hasn't touched the ball he's on about 10 points and i'm thinking all right well it's gonna it's gonna click soon and he's gonna start (laughs) to punish me for this but uh lo and behold a few minutes later in the second quarter takes a pretty courageous mark goes down uh cops a little knock on the head didn't look too serious to be honest and uh i wasn't sure whether or not um he would get subbed out for that because yeah like i said it
0: was just a little it tiny did little not knock, look but, like much at all did it yeah
1: no but uh yeah lo and behold he uh got subbed off with concussion for a 28 and trent bianco went on to outscore him by 13 points so it wasn't as much of a point of difference as i wanted but oh it was uh just a massive stroke of luck for me personally
0: and there's some rumours going out there that uh, Louie's got the inside word of who who's who's copping it next. Um, some listeners have been sending in the messages, who's going to be concussed this week so they can put him on the bench and they can just get their emergency loopholes right. But yeah, it definitely looked like you needed the shoulder to cry on um, when it happened. And I will say though, you was you were very on the down low about it too. You really didn't want to tempt the fantasy gods about your decision because when, when Whitfield went down, I'm like, Lou, I don't reckon he's coming back here. He, he's down in the rooms i don't think he's coming back you're like nah 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 he's you know nah he's, he's gonna a be fighter. I was his biggest <laughs> cheerleader
1: I, I was not having any of that karma i thought all right i'm already lucky enough that he's that he's had a concussion test he's <laughs> off for 20 minutes and you know his second half might not be as crazy but yeah uh good karma dossie so i played that one Absolutely. well i think
0: all right. Well, unfortunately for owners, though, you know, it's looking like he's definitely going to miss this week. But, Louis, you, you tweeted this out as well um, for people that do have Lockie Whitfield, and it was a fairly a very good point that I had certainly not thought of. But just can you walk us through something that you noticed the other day when you were looking at this?
1: Yeah. So, obviously, when you do get concussed, and uh, it has been confirmed that he's under the 12-day concussion protocol. Uh, he, he's got a game on Saturday so that's on the sixth day and then uh, we don't actually know the fixtures after that yet. It hasn't been announced and uh, no one can really tell you when it will be because it's, it's a bit of a, a lottery in that respect. So potentially if GWS are playing on the Thursday or the Friday night then uh, that's going to fall under that 12 day concussion protocol and he won't be eligible to play for two weeks basically.
0: So, you just basically got to keep an eye out to see when they're playing because he might actually miss two weeks instead of one. And then that's just automatically that just turns everyone should be trading him essentially is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, that's it. If if it were two weeks, uh, and I, I think it's a trade anyway, you know, maybe depending on your position, but um, certainly if it was two weeks, it's a
0: must trade. If you're going for ranking, of course. People in their leagues, if, you, if you've got an easy matchup or whatever, that's obviously dependent on that. But rankings, yep. you're saying pretty much trade. Uh, okay, other other news, hot topics from this week. Just Will, Will Kelly, a popular um, downgrade option from last week. He's looking like he's going to miss at least two games with a quad complaint there. Um, do you reckon, I mean, he, he, he's not going to get you anything, so it's probably just worth holding and using as a loophole for now with the Pies having at least the later game for this week. Um, we don't obviously know. Uh, further fixed stream, but that's just unfortunate for owners there Lou. Yeah
1: I think that guy's played three games and he's gotten injured in every single one so a bit of a flag there for uh, his fourth game I think. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, Hugh Greenwood, we mentioned him at the top of the show. Uh, he did an MCL in the end, so that's really good news for Hugh. Sounds like he's going to be okay for the preseason. Um, good news for him and the Suns, but obviously short term, not good news. I'm going to miss the rest of the season with the MCL. Uh, Kyle Langford was one that I talked about in my squad, subbed out with a hamstring injury, so we're going to have to wait and see on that. He is listed as TBC on the injury list, so that can- I mean, that usually means a while off, but it can also just mean they're waiting scans and he could be all clear. So, just wait and see on Kyle Langford. I haven't heard anything more on that front this evening. It is Tuesday evening that we're recording. Different time of recording. Uh, Josh Dunkley, though. This is huge news. Dunkley's back. I mean, if he's named this week. He is cleared to play this week. And just looking at, at- reading between the lines, Lipinski had 35 disposals in the VFL. So- if this is the Bevo we know and love, he's going to have to bring Dunkley straight into the side to avoid having to play Lipinski, Louis.
1: Yeah, well, you'd think so, actually, based on uh, history. So I think Josh Dunkley, he's not someone that they're going to waste in the VFL because uh, he needs to get into his best form in that side as they sort of charge towards the premiership. So he'll come straight in and who that affects, I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, and I guess the the different thing with Dunkley, do you think, I mean, coming off a shoulder, I guess in the past we have seen players struggle to adapt with the tackles, but if he is coming back fully fit, you'd expect him to be, you know, if he's fit and firing and the shoulder's fine, then you probably just expect him to roll straight back in and at least have a generally back in his midfield role, you'd expect and have a pretty nice role for the run home here, even though he's, you know, his price is pretty up there at the moment.
1: Yeah, look, and his price is up there for a reason, Dossier. He was one of those players uh, up until he got injured that had actually scored 100 in every single round, and uh, he actually scored that last 100, which was his lowest score for the the season when he got injured in 72% time on ground. So we know he can score, but I would like to see how he comes back and how he performs off that
0: shoulder. Absolutely. The other thing is just for draft leagues, um, you can't go there in classic, unfortunately, even though he was looking like a nice option. Matt Crouch um, looking to come back pretty soon, if not the Magoos this week. So, in the next couple of weeks, good news for him for potential draft coaches. Maybe a cheeky appearance in fantasy finals could be on the cards for the uh, season-long holders of Matt Crouch. So, good luck with that one. Um, I just wanted to recap in in this Hot Topics segment. I reckon I did all right with my um, – Dossie's pod pod pods from last week. I think we we had a fair f- a few big tons in there, um, but just looking at them, Louis, we had Lyons eighty four. That's underwhelming, but I did mention he was obviously top price. Andy Brayshaw looks real good for that pod pod pod. One hundred and fourteen Dunstan, one hundred Adams, one hundred and thirty one Parker ninety six. Chrissy Main injured eighty four. Hearn ninety nine. Newman seventy four. And Stringer ninety nine. With Bowes a special mention at ninety three. Dossie, Dossie's pods went alright, Lou Dog, last week.
1: Yeah, not bad. Dossie sounds like he'd be averaging about 105 across those 10 players. So you've picked them well, and uh, it's too, just too bad that you haven't brought really any of those players into your team this this year. So maybe you need to no, start no, backing the, yourself.
0: Uh the one I did bring in was uh, Chris Mayne, who was injured. So yeah, the Dossie curse lives on. Hey, if you worst enjoy weekly store, uh, on that list too. <laughs> yeah second worst yeah uh if you enjoy the weekly podcast you can join up to be a member of pod pod plus for an extra weekly podcast recorded on a wednesday night with the five-time top 100 finisher the statesman not having a great year this year but he still does put out those nuggets of wisdom in our pod pod plus group you also get to join the exclusive pod squad facebook group and throw your trade ideas around uh and you also get a shout out on this podcast unfortunately louie no new members this week, so no shout-outs. But we will get on to our segments for this week. And I reckon this first segment is one. It's it's a callback. It's a callback to earlier in the season. We had a listener ask us to make this segment week to week when we had one of our best cash cows of the season earlier in the year. He's now got Ruck Defender eligibility. Is it Ruck Defender eligibility, this guy? He Yeah, is- it might be. It's a rare one. He's a special unit, that's for sure. But I'm, I'm re. Really, this is the segment that people ask for. Who did Chrissy Burgess score more than?
1: It's in the Burgess direction, just over his head, a little. Might still get it. Burgess got it from Corbett for the perfect start, and he nails it.
0: Burgess, when he's in there rocking, they are undersized as well. But he's got a fantastic vertical lead. And, Louie, I'll tell you who Chrissy Bajess scored more than because only 11 players did score more than him. So, he scored more than bloody, almost the whole bloody comp, Louie. These are the names he, he outscored, though. Tom Mitchell, Lockie Neal, Rory Led, Zach Merritt, Josh Kelly, Max Gorn, Jack McRae. And you know what, Louie? You're talking about everyone's wanting to get Grundy in this week. He can wait a week, mate, because Chrissy Bajess is in town and it's time to buy.
1: That's unreal, mate. Can you believe that? If somebody told you that at the start of the season, I mean, nobody even thought he'd get a game, but now he's actually the preferred
0: Ruckman over actual Ruckman in the VFL, which is just unheard of. Look, I will say, though, honestly, this is why at the time that I brought him in as a rookie, I thought he was such a great buyer because when he came up against Riley O'Brien, when he finally got his chance at playing um, in the Ruck, he he looked like he had a bit of ruck game about him, and then I think it was the next week he he got a he got sort of a reasonable go in the ruck, but then they just started Stewie Jew, he started bringing in Caleb Graham to chop out, and then Zach Smith, and I was just like, what are you doing? Like Chrissy Burgess is your man. He's the R one that we've been looking for, and anyway, it's taken him a while. He's figured it out, and Chrissy Burgess is looking the real deal as a pure ruckman. So good on him. Um, everyone out there that still held, we had someone tweeted us that actually held Kirby Burgess. So good on you for holding and keeping the faith with the great man.
1: And he's got the six break-even dossier. Is he a trade target for you now, mate? Does he make that Pod Pod
0: list? Look, I. I- I will admit he I uh, did do one trade that involved the great man <laughs> this week, but uh, I saw he's got Gorney in like two weeks' time, so it kind of scared me off a little bit, unfortunately. No, well- ah, you, That being said-
1: You started the show off saying that you're going to trade in players that you love, mate. So, I think uh, you live by that,
0: you die by <laughs> that, and uh, Chrissy Burgess comes in for you this week. <laughs> All right. Well, going with our segment show this week, and Ludog's luscious stats- is a new segment that we're rolling with. You've just dug up some stats for us this week on a particular player that you're a little bit keen on. This is what we were alluding to at the start of the show. You've got those uh, little knowledge, knowledge nugget for us this week, Louis.
1: Yeah, look, so I think you're just abusing me here, Dossie, where uh, you're just going to use me for all my stats that I've sort of uh, just dropped in the group oh, yeah. chat all week. But um, oh, no, yeah. I- I'm keen on this segment, actually, and I've been doing a little bit of research on Jordan Degowie, which I thought was quite appropriate because he's uh, overwhelmingly probably the most popular option to uh, be traded in this week. So. Uh, Jordan DeGoei versus the Saints last week. Dossie scored a one twenty four. That was the highest score of his his career. Right, his two game yeah. average after that, the highest of his career. His three game average yeah. is the highest of his career. His four game <laughs> average is the highest of his I think career I know where this is going his <laughs> peak yeah. game average is the highest of his career and I didn't go past that Dulcie. I think everybody gets the point <laughs> right now this bloke is in pretty much the best form of his life and that's coming off the back of actually attending CBA so I've dived in a little bit more and I've looked at when he's attended more than 40% CBAs because that, that's when Love you're at it. least around the footy enough. So when he's attended- Is that just for, the, just for this season? Just for this season. So when yep. he's attended Perfect. less than 40% CBAs, he's averaged 58.3. But when he's averaged, uh, sorry, when he's had more than 40% CBAs, he's averaged
0: 96.8, which is 38.5 difference. Unreal. And this is exactly why we, a lot of us picked him in our starting sides, you and me included in this one. Unfortunately for us, um, you held for a very long time and got slight rewards at the end of that long hold. I dumped him very early, well, not early enough, but um, in sort of that mid-season area. But I reckon preseason is that included in this um, CBA chart? Because I reckon preseason he did go 40-plus percent in the CBAs, which is the whole point as to why we picked him.
1: No, I've just gone back this season, Dossie, and he hasn't been one to really attend more than 70% very often. And he's actually scored quite well when he sort of
0: attends that 40% mark. So that's one to watch as well. So uh, gathering uh, all this, I'm guessing he – might be a cheeky target for you as well, even though it's kind of the vanilla one this week. Yeah, I think I have to go with the crowd
1: here, Dossie, and I would hate for I'd hate to own Jordan Goey most of the year, have him burn me all year, and then the reason that I can't secure a hat is that I didn't trade in Jordan Degoey at the end of the year because I was too stubborn.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. Hey, um in his preseason game He had 73% CBA usage.
1: Yeah, so there you go. That's about what
0: he sort of attends when he's having a big game in the midfield. Just ridiculous, isn't it? All right. This is our delicious dozen, which is basically the format we've been going the last couple of weeks in um, putting out on the social medias, um, you guys requesting who you want us to talk about. There's definitely just a couple that have appeared a few times in the last couple of weeks. But other than that, I think it's fairly unique this week as to who we've got to talk about. And we're just going to touch on each one, give a few thoughts about them and whether they're a genuine option or maybe just avoid them. But- First one comes up is Taylor Adams. Uh, he, we, we've mentioned him definitely in the last couple of weeks, and I've just been on board every single week. Haven't done it myself, unfortunately. You jumped on this week, 131 last round. He's averaging 100 now after um, some injury-affected games in there, 119 in his last three with a break-even of 79, mid-700s. Uh, it's a no-brainer if you're um, willing to take on the injury risk. Yeah, that's it. If you're looking for a
1: midfielder, then Taylor Adams is underpriced right now. has a really nice break even, so he's probably bottomed out. And this is a guy that has potential to pretty much average 119 for the
0: rest of the season. So, yeah, big target uh, for coaches out there, I think. Lockie Neal, 738k. We're going down in price as we have been the last few weeks. This is um, getting on the. This is the only other player above 700k that we're talking about. So. Maybe some coaches are a bit cash strapped um, with all the coin out on the ground now at the moment, getting up to your Took Millers and stuff from last week that we we're talking about. Averaging 95 is Lockie Neal, 116 last round, 111 in his last three, back in good form. Um, 93 break even. What are your thoughts on Lockie Neal? Massive on him,
1: Dossie, and he would be the guy I would be trading in if I didn't have to go and get Grundy this week. So uh, w- what we've seen he can do in fantasy is massive. He's got a ceiling and he's got a really nice fixture, which which we've been speaking about for the last couple of weeks anyway. So Lockie Neal, underpriced. This is probably the lowest you're going to be able to get him at. Maybe you can wait a week, but uh, you know you never know with injuries and stuff. You could cop an Elliot Yo, a Kyle Langford, and a Chris Maine in the same week. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's it. He's got Richmond, Hawthorne, Gold Coast, Frio, Collingwood, West Coast in his last six. That is um, insane. So, I'm jumping on board. Um, And I might actually jump on board this week, see how things go. Jake Lloyd, 673,000, under seven hundred. K uh, ninety seven average, but he was back in ripping form last round one hundred and sixteen um, up to eighty eight. His last three, it's not the Jake Lloyd we we have grown accustomed to knowing and loving, but uh, ninety five break even. What I will say though is, I was watching. It's funny. I reckon. I reckon, um, reckon Hef and I switched places for our um, in in the group chat this week because I was saying, oh man, Geordie Dawson, he's he's out on a wing. He's, he's playing some ripping footy. I've always been a massive fan of Jordan Dawson um, when he's playing wing because I think there was a stat, it was either last year, I think it was 2019 when there was full-length full um, full ground court, uh, full length quarters. He averaged like 97 um, when playing on the wing from, from a reasonable amount of uh, multiple games um, compared to when he played on the back line. And he was- on those wing attendances, we were watching very closely Heff and I going back and forth, and Jordy Dawson was definitely playing there, kicked a few snags, was best on ground, um, according to the coaches as well. I'm going on about Jordan Dawson, and then Heff's like, hey, does this, uh, this freeze up Jakey Lloyd a bit down back, doesn't it? And then we saw him get a massive score. Jake Lloyd, of course, much more relevant in our classic teams, but does this um, potentially maybe Jordan Dawson kind of clearing out a little bit He's got an amazing kick on him. They use him out of the back line. Does that kind of help Jake Lloyd a bit here? And and could he be an option, especially under seven hundred K?
1: absolutely and we've been saying it all year that the reason that Lloyd's probably not scoring as well is because Jordan Dawson's being used as a ball user more so what I saw on the weekend is that he took nearly every single kick in played on from nearly every single kick in and uh, reached the ceiling that we've become accustomed to with you know Jack Lloyd of the past besides this year so I'm a massive fan of him and I think that he's another one where this is probably the
0: week where you're going to get him at his lowest price before he starts going up. Love it. Don't mind Jordan Dawson either on the download. Uh, Braden Fiorini, 658K. Look, Mark asked, okay, this is a guy on Twitter asked about it. He said, that dude that wears number eight for Gold Coast, 95 in his last three, 78 break even. I don't think Louie's going to do it. But for those that want to have a bit of fun, I tell you what, it's a, it's a joy to watch at the moment. Rumour has it Noah Anderson might be on his way back. Well, the rumour being Michael Whiting, the, uh, the, the Brisbane dude that does their media there, has said that Noah Anderson could potentially return this week. So, uh, that's just one to watch for Fiorini. But he's had a great impact. Could you go there if you're just having a bit of fun, Louis? Is that where you'd, where you'd uh, take on Fiorini? No, oh, it doesn't sound like fun to me. <laughs> Bailey Smith, 595k, 107. I know that you- are you a proud owner still, Louis?
1: um i'm indifferent really on bailey smith to be
0: honest so you are an owner though you're just not a proud owner i'm just not a proud (laughs) owner i'm an owner (laughs) all right well he's had two good games in his last three yeah two good games in his last three reasonable break even under six hundred thousand dollars um i guess if you're cash strapped all these next players are if you're cash strapped i suppose and looking for those options but could you go there
1: yeah, you could. He's really cheap and he's got the role at the moment and he's, his scoring's sort of reflecting that. I'm just a bit flat on the bloke because unfortunately I traded him in about four weeks too early and it's, uh, he's probably averaged about 80 for me despite these scores. But if he's the best you can get up to, then I don't mind him as an option. But just be wary that Bevo's an absolute madman as a coach and he's going to swing things. And dunkley we, And we too. still
0: saw Caleb Daniel attend CBAs on the weekend. Dunkley. Probably the biggest thing. So maybe not, if you're not if you're a non-owner, maybe avoid with the Dunks. If the Dunks is, well, the Dunks is coming back in the next week or two and he's going to get centre bounces. That's probably an avoid.
1: Yeah, well, that's a great point, Dossie. Dunkley's sort of been at the back of my mind. And yeah, now that he's playing, you'd suggest that he's going to kick somebody out of there. And uh, hopefully it's Caleb Daniel, let's be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a question I missed from earlier. Taylor Adams or Lockie Neal from Blake? Uh, Taylor Adams Okay, uh, Jordan Ridley A guy you brought in, I want to say last week um, 589k, averaging 83 Tunned up last round 88 in his last three With a reasonable break even of 68 um, This is from Brent Jordan, uh, Jordan Ridley coming back into form Might be a downgrade from Whitfield And then cash to upgrade a rookie Do you like that idea And what do you think on Jordan Ridley?
1: Absolutely, he's seriously cheap again I think there's a lot of upside there And uh, we saw on the weekend that there was a there was a bit of a flick with the kick-ins Where Ridley was pretty much predominantly taking them And Redmond took a back seat And his, uh, his next games to come are versus North, GWS, Sydney And then in the final three weeks of the year You've got Bulldogs, which have been giving up massive points to defenders lately Gold Coast and then Collingwood So he's got a really nice run to come home
0: yeah, well, that is actually very nice, especially at 589,000. Nice find there. Uh, Tim Kelly, 568,000. While West Coast were terrible, Tim Kelly was very good in this game. 106 last week, uh, last round, sorry, in round 17. But yeah, oh, that's a great pick, isn't it? 73 break even, super cheap. Um, yeah and he and he looked the part as well it's just a matter of where west coast are going and and can they get back into form but he's tuning up in a in a performance that was horrible from most of the team you could go there couldn't you
1: Oh, absolutely. He's another one who's just seriously cheap. And I think again, he's cheaper than Bailey Smith. So he's the one that I'd be targeting there. Uh, In terms of ceiling, Tim Kelly doesn't really have it. He sort of does pop up with a 140 now and then, but he can, uh, he can hurt you on the other end where he dishes up a 60 in, in some of his games. So, but at his price, 30 this year. Yeah, that's it, mate. So at his price, uh, I'd be jumping on. Uh, if that's all you can get to, or if you're getting creative with how you're making money, you're going down to him, then I really like it as an option. But you just have to be aware that uh, potentially he could be your M8 for the rest of the year. So um, at a similar price point, if you were asking me between Tim Kelly and Jordan degoey for example, and uh, I don't want to keep bringing up Jordan Degoe, but uh, I would say that M8 is a lot more valuable used on a bloke who can be a lot more consistent than Kim Kelly, whereas on the flip side of things, Jordan Goey, if he's going to go at 90, um, then he's still going to be a top six forward. You know, you, you're not going to be chasing as much ceiling as what you would uh, with some of these big dogs in the midfield.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. I still do love Tim Kelly, like if you are cash-strapped. And again, an option for the same um, scenario we had before with the Jordan Ridley um, for Lockie Whitfield. He's probably a nice option as well in that sort of, you know, 568K. You can gain some money from Whitfield and do something else as well. So That's it. And
1: West Coast, uh, you know, they need a bounce back and I'm expecting a big game. Adelaide. Yeah, yeah that's it. So, uh,
0: he should come out with a big score. So, don't be afraid to jump on by all means. Another West Coast player requested to talk about, I don't have a lot of interest in this guy. He's had maybe one big game this year, but Liam Duggan, uh, $559,000, 80 average here. Only got the 81 last week, uh, 79 break-even. He's a draft guy for me, but I understood why some people started him thinking maybe he'd get that midfield time, Um I'd have to look at the centre bounces. I, I, I didn't see if he was... I was too disappointed looking at the game, honestly. I was just... Oh, my head was in my hands most of the game, so I, I didn't see if he was attending centre but or if that's why you're jumping on. But he's basically just had one ton this... Well, he has. He's had one ton this entire year against Collingwood, um, and that was a 148. So, a huge score, obviously, but, yeah, people were trying to jump off for a reason earlier in the year. Yeah, that that's a Hail Mary right there, Dossie. Jack Bowes 552k definitely like this one a bit more 87 average um, obviously started the year fantastically a bit of that um, Jordan Ridley sort of him and Jordan Ridley were both looking like top six defenders at the start of the year Um, Ridley starting to bounce back now and same with Jack Bowes in my opinion here Um, moved back into defence after coming back he's starting to learn how to share the pill with Lukosius back there after Lukosius moved from a wing down to down back so they've had to sort of share those. Can share that duty a bit of the distributor out of the defensive line. Um, how do you like Bose as that sort of, uh, well, he's definitely a point of difference option and he's mid 500k, which seems very cheap.
1: I like him, Doss, uh, mostly because of his price. I think the role has changed back to what we saw earlier on in the season when he was actually sort of averaging that 100. But that being said, I do think that... This is a guy that does have potential to burn you. So, uh, with other options around, I'd probably look at them. But at the same time, uh, Western Bulldogs could be instant reward, like I said earlier, because they've been giving up lots of
0: points to defenders lately. Uh, This question, this player from Alex and... I gotta say he was very polite on the Twitter sphere. He said, Tom McDonald, please. And he gave me a little smiley face. So I wanted to include Tom McDonald here, even though probably not a name that we're used to talking about in classic circles, but five hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars, seventy-nine average, turned up last round. 88 in his last three. But, I mean, with our forward lines, look at his, look at who he's got coming up. I mean, aside from Western Bulldogs, but Hawthorne and Gold Coast in his next two. He, he could be onto something here and kicking a bag. Then he's got the Doggies. West Coast, gee, the way they're going, he might kick a bag on them too. Then he's got the Crows and Geelong. So, too hard out of those in his last six. But, gee, I mean, still draft for me. But, I mean, you could do worse than Tommy Mack on the way home. Look, he's had times in the past where he
1: has been a really good scorer and, and a top six forward at times, but I'm just not sure this is the time of the season where you start taking punts like that. That being said, uh, I was actually quite surprised to see 330 coaches brought in Tom McDonald last week,
0: which is, which is only uh, 60 less than Taylor Adams. Seems like 317 buyers early in this uh, this round, too. Maybe just a lot of D supporters in the fantasy. And, hey, with that run coming up, you might be onto something, too, Alex. And, like I said, very polite, so thank you for that. Um, Caleb Sarong 526K, uh, 77 average, 100 last round. He's a guy I'm excited about next year with that average next to his name, playing the low time on ground. Going to jump that up next year. Um This Chris Hedge did uh, use the emojis that I actually looked up what emojis they were. When I pasted it in um, to our little Twitter question thing, it came up with what the emojis were. So he did ask for Caleb Sarong, but then he had disguised face, smiling face with sunglasses, lying face, and clown face. So I don't think he was serious about Caleb Sarong, but he's a guy I'm looking at 2022. He's basically a guaranteed starter for old Dossie in 2022, Caleb Sarong. Yeah,
1: that's it. It's just not going to happen this year. A lot of coaches were hopeful and started him. And unfortunately, he's burned them a little bit. But uh, now we look on to 2022. And uh, yeah, he might be
0: a sneaky starting pick, Dossie. Probably a few disappointed listeners um, this episode because it seems like everyone's a West Coast supporter because we do have another West Coast player on this list. It's our third one. Brad Shepard at 496k, 72 average, 81 last round. Um He's coming up a fair bit. I keep uh, hear people talking about Brad Shepard. I, I guess it's just because he's super cheap and he has gone at 85, 90. Um, a year or two ago, he had a fantastic season. It's not for me. I, you know, I think a lot of the ball users were out when he was having that big run and they're not at the moment. They're there. He, he, he can play well, but he often locks down and he, he's a draft player for me.
1: That's it. He's certainly not a fantasy player. He's more of a footballer. And we've seen that, yeah, Brad Shepard can average 80 to 85 for a couple of weeks. But then, like you said, he locks down on someone, he scores 40 and his price resets. And and here we are again, you're going again. So, um, I think Brad Shepard,
0: nah, not an option for me. All right. Well, I've mixed it up as well this week. So, that was our delicious dozen, but we've got some more players that people did request, but we're going to do it Uh, in the sticking fat segment sticking fat Louis these are the players that we're are we gonna keep them in or shred them thin um, Louis. So, these are the players that people were wondering about. They're annoyed at their form and they want to know, do I just dump them or not? And there's a few questions that go with them. But the first one, Dan Houston, only the 57 points and you're a port man. Just walk us through this. In fact, looked like he got some centre bounces as well um, after Butters kind of went down as well. So, I mean, positive signs may be moving forward that he actually gets some midfield time, which is when he has shown some, a pretty nice um, scoring ceiling. But Dan Houston, not a good game on the the weekend.
1: No, and it was a tough game, Dossie, so I wouldn't be hitting the panic button by any means because going back to, let's go back to round 11. He scored 97, then 98, 86, 97, down versus Hawthorne with a 70 and then dropped a 57 versus the the team on top of the ladder. So I don't think Dan Houston is anybody to worry about at the moment. Uh, Look, keep an eye on it
0: but I think that he's someone who can be thereabouts a D6 for the rest of the year. Nick, uh, sorry, and this is from Michael Berry. Houston, hold or sell? So you're saying hold? And he says, kind fixture, run, but dishing up dirt. And yeah, you are, yes, he dished up a dirt score, but yes, I, I'm on the same page as Louis. I think there's plenty of players we could do worse than. And plus his price isn't up enough that you can do much with him anyway. And at his price, he's still kind of uh, even value at where he is now. So yeah, hold on, hold strong, stick fat. Stick fat is our answer. Nick Haynes. Um, Ninja Spoon wanted to know about Nick Haynes. He's only averaging the 70. Obviously, he had that really rich vein of form. He's still averaging 86 in his last five. Um, But his last two games, he's got back-to-back 67s after having a really nice run of tons and 90s. Uh, Is it time to – is it stick and fat with uh, Nick Haynes or shred and thin?
1: Uh, no, if he's your worst player or one of your worst players, then I think it's a good point of difference to jump off now. He's made his cash. Uh, he's scored probably more than what I thought he was going to, and now he's starting to dip back to where I thought he was going to
0: score. So uh, I'd be selling high now. Uh, Ninja Spoon also wanted to know about Amati hold or sell. So that was Haynes and Amati hold or sell. But uh, you know you're, you're going to sell your rookie, um, of course, as well there. So I think both of those sells, if if you um, if they're your worst players.
1: Yeah, Marty's made his cash now. He's got a forty-six break-even, which he may or may not achieve if he's selected this week. But at three hundred and seventy k, it's time to cash in.
0: You talked about him at the top of the show, Dustin Martin, not delivering um, the usual amazing scores. That were you know, I mean, he can be patchy, but usually overall he's solid this year. Only the eighty-three average, seventy-four in his last three. Um, disappointing, Lou.
1: Yeah, definitely. And a little bit like Haynes, this is another one that potentially, uh, if he's one of your worst players, you could start to look at trading him out because the form's just not there. But at the same time, it's just so difficult because this is Dusty Martin. And we know that when it turns, he can really score and um, he can really bring us home, especially with Richmond wanting to sort of make the finals as we come home.
0: Yeah. Um, amazing that he's he's now doing um, poorly and the other Dustin Martin comparison. Um, I think the trader's calling him Kmart Dusty. It's uh, it's going the other way at the moment, isn't it? Um, all right, Isaac Cum- Oh, this is from Matt Murphy. Do I fix Crips and Dusty before I upgrade my final two on-field rookies? If not, um, any downgrade rookies to bring in? Well, we'll touch on that in our next segment, but you're always getting rid of those final two on-field rookies first, right, Louis? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Isaac Cumming. Uh, who goes, Markov or coming from William? So uh, a couple of disappointing scores. Well, I'll have to look up Cumming. I'm not an owner, so I'm not a track how he's going. But what do you think on that? Um, who goes first, Markov or Cumming?
1: Oh, look, I think you have to ditch Markov first. He's in a worse team and uh, potentially uh, that was just a poor game from coming on the weekend and he bounces back because his average before that was quite high. I- I'd back in coming over Markov just, I think. Like it's, to- it's time to go on both of those guys in the next couple of weeks.
0: Seems like the GWS defenders, like Haynes, was in the same boat. I think they've just come up against two teams that really don't allow... Well, Gold Coast possess the footy they love to mark kick, and that seems like they're getting back to that sort of game style um, late in the season after kind of going away for it for a bit. And then Melbourne... Um, Friend of the show, Berkey, was kind of telling me, and I think he also might have mentioned it from another podcast as well, that Melbourne kind of fairly restrictive in allowing those plus sixes as well. So you look at, looks like a few GWS defenders there have struggled in the last couple. So Cumming and Haynes, but I, I tend to agree in um, Markov for me, get rid of him first uh, with him. Uh, Steel Sidebottom was just uh, someone who wanted to know about Steel Sidebottom and, and where we're going with him and what our thoughts are if they've changed from last week.
1: Oh, it's, it's a bit of an unknown with Steel side bottom because he actually doesn't really need a defined role to score well. So, potentially, if you trade him, he can swing back, play a weird role and still sort of drop 120 on the board. So, I'm always going to stick fat with Steel side
0: bottom just knowing what potentially he can do. Yeah, it'd be the same if I was an owner as well. Um, Xavier Kramer, he wants to know, Haynes, Houston, Sidey and Dusty, what order do you trade them up? Haynes, Houston. Houston sidey
1: and dusty. Uh, I'd trade so four players
0: that we did mention.
1: Haynes first, then Dusty, then Houston, then sidebottom, I think. Or no, I'd, I'd actually swap
0: Houston and Sidebottom. All right, there you go, Xavier. Um show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Right, Louie, uh, show me the money, mate. What's what's these rookies that we can get? Um You know, job security, maybe not so much an issue anymore. We just need that cash. We need some cash generation as we go home. Show me the money. Look, well, I'll start with Lockie
1: Bramble, who actually dropped to 99 and probably outpriced himself a little bit. But uh, he's at 305K, but a minus 18 break even. So if you can afford that and still get up on the end of your other trade, then I don't mind that because he's probably going to be up at about 450K in a
0: couple of weeks. Uh, He's a mid-forward as well, So so adds a little bit of flexibility. Saw him take a kick in or two on the weekend, Bramble. When, when uh, I think, it was it Jath? And did anyone else go down? A few players went uh, down. Hardwick didn't play, so he was a late out, which may have been why. Okay still amazing score.
1: Yeah, yeah. I really like him, but yeah, he's getting a little bit expensive now. Uh, moving on, we got Riley Garcia. He's at 211k. He's got the minus three break even, has no job security whatsoever, but at least you know that at a close to a basement rookie price, if he's named, he's still going to make you an extra 30k. So uh, essentially you can throw that position away with him and get maybe one to two more weeks out of him, which is a probably what his lifeline is anyway and it's probably a little bit the same with Emerson Jecker as well who's 192k uh, tall forward Tim O'Brien sitting there in the VFL I'm pretty sure he's fit Um, even though he's got the eight break even uh, he's another target that you could throw away and keep in there and just hope he he continues to play I guess.
0: Yeah, and at least with Hawthorne, um, as opposed to maybe your Riley Garcia, you're also banking an extra, what, 19K going to Jekka. At least maybe the Hawks are surely going to run the kids a bit more in the se- in, you know in this part of the season, whereas the Dogs are ramping up to um, ready for that premiership tilt. So, I- I'd probably back, you know, even though is a key forward. Um, I probably think you're going to get a green dot out of him, even though it might not be the cash, might not be uh, moving much at all over the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, that's a good point as well, um, Dossie. Hawthorne are going to pack up shop a little bit unless they can maybe sneak into the finals because nobody for some reason wants to sort of tie up that sixth to eighth spot. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Crazier things have happened. But yeah, probably Jack has got the better job security, but you're throwing away a rookie position with both these blokes anyway, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You got a couple more there for us, Lou?
1: Uh, Yep. Jack Ginovan kicked four goals in the VFL on the weekend. Dossie, uh, I think he's going to debut. They've been sort of talking that he's going to make a debut the last couple of weeks. And Jungle Drums have been beating, I think, this is the week that it (laughs) happens. So 170K with a 24 break even.
0: Yeah, I read between the lines that's an exclusive, that one, Uh, folks. So jump on board.
1: Uh, you said it, not me, Dossie. Moving on, we've got <laughs> Leo Connolly. Uh, he's a deaf mid. I think he added that with the DPP editions, Dossie. Uh He's 232k with a 13 break even. Um, he doesn't have any job security. I think you're throwing away a position
0: with him anyway, so I'd go one of those cheaper guys, I think. Yeah, so hot topics at the top of the show and we didn't even touch on DPP editions. Uh, That probably says uh, something as to where they were. Did you even see them? I literally, Louis, you've put me on the spot here. I did not even see the DPPs yet.
1: No, I went to bed, mate, so uh, I, I like to get to bed nice and early, wake up nice and early, so I uh, read it with my coffee, but there's not too many relevant names in there, really. Jordan degowie picking up midfield status, Jake Stringer, midfield status, but apart from that, it's uh,
0: pretty vanilla, which is usually what we see at round 18 in previous years. Yeah, Tom DeConning, a ruck forward. He, he's cheap, but he's an option for future years. Uh, Darcy Tucker, def mid. Knock and touch him, Matapor forward status. Forward status for Bramble's handy. That's that's probably your biggest uh, biggest one there, really, isn't it? I, I don't think there's any others. There's only 14 here and there's it's all draft players, really. I, I don't think there's anyone apart from the flexibility for Dugowie, um and the flexibility for Bramble as being both mid-forwards now. So, sorry we didn't touch on that <laughs> at the top of the show. Um, all right, let's move on, Louis. Um, Two... Our listener questions. All right, Louis, let's smash through some questions to finish off this show. Tom DT, Markov to Lloyd or Rob to Grundy, the bigger priority? Uh, I think I'd get up uh, Rob to Grundy there.
1: Just Ninja based Spoon on Dangerfield,
0: on Ninja Spoon Dangerfield in this week, or is there risk of being rested? Oh well, if you think there's a risk of being rested, then you can not bring him in at all, even if he drops a 120 next week. So I, I say just do it. I'm surprised we didn't get the uh, exclusive there from um, Mitch Mitch Clury, if you don't mind. Uh, he's uh, he's getting around the news. This great man on the show. He's uh, keep an eye on him. Follow. Him. Where's your Twitter handle, Louis? Give us your Twitter handle. Uh, at Louis AF. There you go. Breaking news from the Lou Dog. Uh, Tyson, is double downgrading worth it at this time of the year to bank cash for rookie upgrades? Sorry, what was that, Dossie? Double downgrading worth it at this time of the year? No. Muxley, keeping the cash to go rob to next week. Pending Langford injury confirmation, so these are his trades. He's going Lockie Whitfield and Kyle Langford out for Lloyd and Tim Kelly with 171k to get uh, Rob DeGrundy next week. Do you like that trade?
1: No, I really like it. That's a nice and creative trade to to get the man that you really want to land
0: in two weeks' time. So yep, absolute tick. Sean Whitfield for who? Lloyd is pretty cheap, and Dawson went forward a bit last game. Yeah, a bit of a wing as well. Um, improved role for Lloyd. I think we've kind of touched on that, and yeah, I think... Louis, are you on board? For, are you 100% on board with the, uh, the Lloyd train? Yeah, I'm on board, mate. I like Jack Lloyd this week. All right, T, a bloke called Towles. Uh, rank them in order of who needs to go first. We've had one similar to this, but including a new name, Harms, Cumming, and Dusty.
1: Harms, coming and dusty. Okay, i would get rid of coming, harms, then dusty, I think.
0: All right, this one from Fonk. Is Jack Bowes an option? We talked about him. I think he is uh, an option. Dirt cheap and scoring 90s the past two weeks with Collins back in the side. That's a great point too, Fonk. Um, getting the key position player back in the side, he's not having to lock down as much. And he's also sort of sharing that role with Lukosia. So, now he's able to just be the distributor alongside him. That's a really good point. And He's probably a very good option in the mid-500s, Louis.
1: Yep, absolutely. Spoke about him before. quite like him. Uh, He's priced around a few other players that I like a little bit more. But at the same time, if you see the upside, back yourself there because
0: what he did at the start of the season was really, really good. Blair Newton, should I trade Harms to a primo like Petrarca or trade Riley O'Brien to Grundy? The only rookie he has on field is Lockie Boramble.
1: No, I think we're leaking points with Grundy now, and he's going to be probably the top averaging fantasy player to finish the year. And with that guy's ceiling, he can easily drop a 170 and just totally mitigate any sort of uh, bonus you're getting from going Harms up to a Petraka. So for me, uh,
0: it's Rob up to Grundy. Dan K, which combination will score more points for the rest of the year? Neil and Crisp, or Petraka and Rich? Neil and Crisp. Neil and Crisp. Yeah. I think so.
1: Um, Just based on Crafty role Mc- entirely, Rich uh, relies a lot on his kick-ins and um, even though he's a really good player and he's sort of been going at that 99 sort of
0: average, um, he's not really gone much above that either. Crafty McBeerface, is there merit in holding Whitfield and Langford and hoping for rookie loopholes to get me through like Bianco, Bramble, Madden, Garcia to next week? I need to get Poulter upgraded this week, which was my original plan before injuries here. Is there any merit in holding Whitfield and Langford doing the double hold? No,
1: not if you're you're contending, not at all. But if if you're looking at league finals, then yeah, sure, you can sort of work that out and how your plans um, are going to unfold. But no, if you're contending, then you need to look to move those guys on.
0: Yeah, it's a great point. If you're sitting comfortably in your league finals um, looking like you're top of the table or or up the top, um, then certainly just hold those guys and and don't stray away from your plans. But I agree with Louis. If you are trying to make ground, there's no way you can hold those guys. Especially, I mean, we'll wait and see with Langford. I haven't seen anything. But concussion, we've mentioned Whitfield could miss one and up to maybe two if, if... things go weird um, with those protocols and Langford a hamstring if it if it is ruled out for one and even if they say it's one I I won't trust it with a hammy so um, Dr. Doss says no. Um, Anthony Rout, Lloyd versus Dugowie for the remainder of the season who scores more?
1: Oh that's a really really good question. Um, Everything in me wants to say Jake Lloyd but um, if things have turned Mm. with Jordan Dugowie and based on form and and roll to a lesser extent. I I guess I'm going to say Jordan degoey Believe it or
0: not. Yeah, that is such a that's a real good question from Anthony Rout. Um, I'm just going to go different. I'll just say hello. just to be different. Uh, <laughs> Troy Tobin. Um, gee, he's got a few options here. Oh uh, no, Haynes. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, there's so many options. No, nah, we'll give it to him. He's a Pod Pod Plus man, I think. So, Haynes, Whitfield to Lloyd and Jordan Degoe. Um Dusty, Whitfield to Danger, Jordan Degoe. Um Haynes, Whitfield to Bose Neal or Haynes, Whitfield to... No, you've Neal.
1: lost okay. me, mate. You have lost me a long time ago with that one. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I got Haynes, oh, yeah. Whit, Lloyd, Jordan Goey and I, I'm stuck there.
0: Well, one of them, he has Armady on field as well. He's telling me who's, he got, who's he's got on field. I think your Bose Bo's, neal option. So, Haynes and Whitfield to Bose and Neal with Sharp on fields. my answer to that question, I think. Um, Fazlington, Bailey Smith, we've touched on him. Um, your final word on Bailey Smith as an owner. Yours. I'm thinking stay away now with the Josh Dunkley, um, word about Josh Dunkley. If if Bailey Smith loses his center bounces, he's he just loses his um, ceiling completely. Exactly,
1: and I've worn that, mate. So, no, I probably wouldn't be advising um, coaches to bring in Bailey Smith over some of these other guys. But that being said, if the role did continue, then his scoring reflects that at the moment.
0: All right, follow us on the socials, at podpodafl. Louis at AF. I'm at HK hkdos. Um, and then, Louis, I think that's pretty much the podpod pod for this week. Have we got any trade plans or anything else we want to talk about before we head off?
1: Oh, my trade plans, mate. I'm probably looking at um, bringing in Jordan Degoey and Brody Grundy this week. Uh, just think that um, I might need to play a little bit of keepings off with Jordan Degoey with how popular he is. And obviously, Brody Grundy, his ceiling can just absolutely punish you as a non owner. So, those are the two I'm looking at. I've also looked at Tim Kelly a little bit, but um, based on what I said, I'm just not sure that. I want him as an M8 in my team, especially when I'm going into luxury trading mode.
0: Look, I'm also – well, I'm thinking about upgrading um, my – my Riley O'Brien as well to the clear R one for the run home in Chrissy Burgess. So I, I think I might do that. Um, bank the 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 R one for the run home in Chrissy Burgess. Um, grab a couple of hundred k and uh, fix up someone like a Kyle Langford. No, I have no idea, Louis. I'm, I need to wait for these injuries to to clear up. Like, is Chrissy Maine going to play? I need my Chrissy's in my team. That's what I, I, I need. I just can't Chrissies. believe you've got all three, mate. That is absolutely unreal. <laughs> Well, I didn't have Whitfield, so uh, that was the silver lining. I actually couldn't afford to bring in Whitfield, which is why I went with my boy Maine. So no, it it was nice. kind of his lucky. It, it was kind nice. of lucky. In I that didn't sense. have Whitfield either. Trent
1: Bianco just
0: screamed <laughs> ceiling at the MCG for me. Farewell, Pod Potters. Um, we'll see you next week. See you next week.